0: Howdy, meeps, and welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. Welcome, welcome, one and all. It is Wednesday night at nine o'clock. That means it is what?
1: Meeple Syrup time. Meeple That's
0: right, it is Meeple Syrup, syrup, syrup time. time. <laughs> Yay. And we're here this week uh, for Designer Spotlight with our special guest, Lizzie Funkhauser. How are you doing, Liz?
2: Hi, good.
0: And where, where's Seb?
2: He and Derek are at a park, I believe. I got them out of the house.
0: Oh, okay. very smart, very see smart. It. That is very smart. Yeah, it's very smart. I, I we appreciate that. Although we all, is, of course, love Derek and Seb, so I and mean, so cool,
2: but he is a very noisy little toddler. So
0: yeah, that's kind of how it goes, right? So, how is it out on the West Coast?
2: Hot still. Um, yeah. Seeing those fall vibes that everyone's posting about, so I'm trying to make a lot of soup, but it's just miserable because hot soup and hot weather don't really combine.
0: Yeah. Mm. This so this is going to be your first winter out there, right?
2: No, we actually lived in California oh, for three
0: years. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. And so you're, so I guess you're used to the the non-changing of seasons.
2: Uh oh, I mean, I guess yeah. We were in the Mojave Desert, so it's actually not as bad here. I mean, there's, oh you know, yeah, because
0: I guess the desert is pretty bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, out there we get like <laughs> one hundred and twenty in the summer. That oh my gosh, not unusual. <laughs> no. so, and, it's like quite Je- not quite that hot here, which is nice.
0: Jesse, did you but. drive through the Mojave on your way back home? Um, um you don't really
2: go because that's like the military post was on army. yeah that's so what I thought you kind of drive by it but you don't really go up into the, the uh let me
1: up into the we, main we,
2: desert that's all we, training ground
1: yeah we drove through the northern part of um Nevada, Nevada so yeah. I don't know I don't know if that's I think that's a technically a different class of desert um than the southern part because there's like four different types of desert anyway
0: Why don't you you Wikipedia that for us while we're talking?
1: I was just looking at it on Google Maps (laughs) right now. But, like, we we stopped at a lot of, like, the, like, rest stops, and a lot of them have these, like, signs that are like, you're in this kind of desert. This is a Class
0: 3 desert. I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, we should make a game about that. Totally make a game about that. Cool. So, uh, Lizzie, tell us what's up. Board game spotlight, game design, what's on your mind right now?
2: Oh, Kickstarter is insane the last, like, Month, month and a half, and so we haven't had time to do anything except learn games and um, do like the preview live streams that we do. Right. So we've been averaging for a week for the last. Couple
3: what? Of yeah. uh, that's insane.
2: How? We just don't want to say no to anyone, but we are still saying no to people, and we have a packed schedule, and it's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of cram time.
1: Yeah, that sounds really intense. Um, I mean, I have a hard enough time learning one game in a week. Uh, and yet you're learning for how do you is, is there a secret to learning games quickly and playing them and
2: I hope they have a video that's always a good thing when they have a how to learn video that helps. Um, Derek usually reads the rule book I'll look over it. Um, we have very different learning styles so the thing he picks up on is not what I pick up on vice versa so we kind of mellow each other like. Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Oh, I remember seeing that, but I didn't understand. And here's what you need to do on this side. And so we kind of balance each other in that. And then the more games you play, the easier it is to pick up on more games because you have sure. mechanics. And then if you play similar designers, they have that same style or the same icons. And you just kind of learn, you know, if there's an arrow, it's like, oh, that's a reroll, obviously. Or you just kind of pick up more things the more games you play. So you get so the it's shorthand stuff, but- Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah and how are you finding like the volume is it is it too much do you think do you think there are too many games being made Lizzie
2: I don't know what too many games made we're trying to cover too many games maybe um but
3: you expand
2: the, the um types of game that being made are becoming broader like the the subject matter and i think that's really good because we're seeing games about things that we never would have we just covered like dance card and that's a really cute family mi- mid game that's about like a school dance and i mean i don't think we would have seen something like that a couple years ago and i think the community is growing and more non- gamers gamers are coming in that are looking yeah. for these new different things like what Wingspan did where it was like this bird thing that a lot of gamers were like not very interested in. They wanted dragons instead of birds. But a lot of non-gamers are like, that game's really pretty. That's something different. I would like to play that. So I think that's helping with the diversity of the types of games we're seeing.
1: What's the so, what's the? I mean, you've you've obviously been uh, exposed to a ton of forthcoming games in the last couple of months. What do you think the most surprising or innovative thing that you've seen is? Oh,
2: surprising or innovative? Um, it really like Flotilla. We're going to be streaming that one soon, and it has. I this like whole Flotilla. Mechanic where you are either on like the water. And then at any point in the game, you can flip everything and it completely changes your deck. The deck is like double-sided. It's like a... Oh, neat. So instead of being these water people, you're now like in the air. And so everything that you're doing is now different. Instead of creating or collecting the goods, you're now like selling them. And so it's really neat because no one has to flip sides and everyone can flip sides. And it doesn't matter what point in the game you do it. It might be more beneficial to you at a certain point because of what you've collected. But it's just, it's kind of like two games in one.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and pretty when heavy. when you flip, you mm-hmm. can't flip back. You just say, I right. oh, I'm making I'm back. pivoting now. Mm-hmm. That's actually really awesome. And, and when
3: you go also dominoes to how things go. So the new thing is every game is very different based on basically how much people are driving one way or another. Yeah. I enjoyed cool. that one too. Yeah. Very, very cool.
0: Um Lizzie, let's talk about design. Because that's kind of why you're here. We'll talk about Board Game Spotlight, of course. But design in terms of uh, The Walking Dead, something to fear. How was it jumping into design? Your first published design is, you know, one of the biggest IPs out there in nerddom.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How was that? And
2: What was um, it like working
0: with Derek? I can't
2: imagine. Oh, well, you know, he just kind of wouldn't let me leave it alone. Like, he just kept coming after me like, oh, what are you going to do? Um, it actually did not start out as a Walking Dead game. It was a different oh, cool IP for Skybound. Um, and they really liked the game, but they didn't want to go in that direction with that. I think. Right. So uh, they said, here, try it as a Walking Dead game. So we changed a few things and it still worked really well. And so we were really excited to coach them. But um, there was kind of a lot of pressure because it's such a big IP and you knew a lot of people were going to be able to see it and be excited about the characters. Um, but at the same time, I was just more focused on the gameplay and not, I let Derek worry about the... The Walking Dead part of it and like the characters and making sure that all fit. And I worked more on like the mechanics and making sure it was more balanced and all the the little intricacies.
0: Sounds like a good division of labor.
2: Yes, Derek is much more like artistic and I'm much more like logical.
0: And did you you read The Walking Dead or did Derek only read The Walking Dead?
2: Uh, Derek read it and he watched the show and I kind of like was on the fringes. So I know a lot of it, but I'm Mm -hmm. not super into all that gore. So, right, you know, watch, I get it. I've seen some of it, and I, I've kept up with the show and like what's happening. Like I know what happens with the characters, but right,
3: right, right. Yeah. Okay. Big, cool. I, I have a personal question because I, I was a big fan of the comic, but less of the show. They deviated hard from each other, um, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering which one is the, the game more attuned to the comic the or com- the or the, definitely the comic? Definitely
2: tried to keep it more with the comics, especially with the art. We definitely went with a more comic right. style, and so mm-hmm. we Derek loved the comics. He read them all. It's like he was up to that date, and obviously now at Skybound, he's able to get copies of them to read.
0: Right, right, so right. So, you
2: definitely try to stick more to the original source material. Cool.
0: Okay. Very
2: cool.
0: Um, just before we get on with questions, I just wanted to say hi to Zach Connolly. Hi to some Derek Funkhauser guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what some he's doing guy. Here. Hi to Shem Phillips. Uh, hi to Mike Pashal. Hi to Jason Miller. Uh, Everybody that's here watching, uh, if you have questions for Lizzie or the rest of the crew, please do put it in there. We do actually have some questions. Go ahead, Jesse.
1: Yeah, so Zach wants to know what you think the hot mechanism of 2020 will be.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Put on your predictor hat.
2: Well, 2019 was definitely the year of the rolling right. So I think, at least at the beginning of the year, that momentum will still carry. And then it might switch into something like... I don't know. I think maybe worker placements may be coming back in mm. like more varied ways, like kind of what we're seeing with, with roll and rights, how it's like a roll and write and something, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe people are going to go back to the worker placement and try and do a worker placement with something. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Like, uh, not, a, not a revolution, but an evolution. Yeah. Like Euro esque.
2: Oh. Yes. Euro adjacent.
0: Yeah. Um, It's interesting because I've heard lately on industry talks that um, the $50 game is no longer a thing and that it's really hard to sell $50 games and that $40 games might be the new thing. What are your thoughts on that, Lizzie? I
2: mean, I've definitely seen it on Kickstarter with uh, game prices wanting to be at that like 39 to like 41 sweet spot and it is a lot harder and i um, I've seen a lot of games with like maybe that had minis originally go down to standees to kind of cut that cost and make a cheaper game for people and so they might offer the deluxe version that does have the more expensive things but I've seen a lot more people trying to get down to that 40 dollar ish limit I think maybe it's just because there's so much on kickstarter. If you look and you're like wow, a 50 plus dollar game, you know, that might be too much and then you see that 39 and you're like, oh, I can do 39. That's not
0: the psychology around pricing yeah. is is ridiculous it's, it's really actually pretty
2: fun
3: to study grocery yeah. stores are fantastic at it but that's yeah. a big good point because you were just saying as you said like mass is starting to come more and more into the space and they're gonna be really afraid of price points like that right because if you're not sure what game you're picking up and you're like you're not gonna spend 70 bucks on that first one right, right, that's right. 60, well that's 70 for us because yeah. it's 50 for you <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, that's kind of the problem. But if they see something that's maybe a bit more within a conventional price range, what they're used to, right? Because remember, when they're going into a store, they're picking Monopoly for like $19.99 or something.
2: <laughs> like, right?
3: Isn't that what a game is? Right. And so it's. I think we need to. We're gonna have a lot of middle ground that I think will be interesting space to play in.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I know. Just thinking about the one of the last kickstarters that we ran, which was. Uh, complexity that we were at this weird dollar value, like 69 or something like that, where it was
3: Mm.
0: like people are saying, well, it looks like a good game, but I can't justify paying X number of dollars when for just $20 more, I get this world full of miniatures. And for $20 less, I get a game that's the same game as that, or a similar weight. So yeah, it's, and I think, I think it's just kind of rocking and and kind of, I don't know, finding not the right audience, but Figuring it's, it out,
1: especially on Kickstarter too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not and not to bring up the other Funkhauser, but he he did make a point in the chat that's relevant. Yeah, he said that there's he believes there's a no man's land between forty nine dollars and sixty nine dollars.
0: Exactly what we talked right? about, and I've yeah. talked about more, more with complexity that that is where it kind of sat, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, like I know anything about psychology. Um. Let's see here. Oh, hi to Brad, Bachelor, and hi to Reed. Brad, maybe we'll have you back on sometime where you know, if you if you do what Lizzie did and use your phone. Oh, it's Brad. We had a problem with Brad oh, last yeah. week too, right? We're having some yeah. problems with Be Live. So I
3: gotta think it's be Live, because these weren't happening before. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Uh, Jason Miller had a question here. It's oh, no. I I guess tongue in cheek. He said, Why don't you let Derek win more often? He's more sensitive than you.
2: Yes. We love Jason. We've met him several times at uh, conventions. He likes to make fun of us. Derek <laughs> does win a lot. He just doesn't always win on screen. And I <laughs> won the first like dozen games because Derek was so busy setting everything up and monitoring comments and stuff that right. just set this precedent that Lizzie always wins, and it's not true, guys. I promise. Derek has a very good track record. He
0: blew <laughs> like, last is night really just of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, hi to Angelica. Uh, it's nice to see you on. Um, Lizzie, so tell us, what is it like designing with your significant other?
2: Um, It's a lot of trying to manage his expectations. He goes off and he's like, oh, this would be so cool. And I kind of have to be the bearer of bad news and say that's never going to work. Let's kind of bring it back down a little. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the opposite, when I have an idea, he's the one who's like pushing me forward and really helps develop it out of me and be like, okay, well, what else do you want to add to this? What's your idea? And he can take what's in my mind and put it down on paper. So we really do balance each other really well when it comes to designing. It's really a nice balance between us.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah. It, it's <laughs> This is what Shem said. Lizzie is smart. Derek is pretty.
2: We actually took a, a BuzzFeed quiz about who you are in the Big Bang Theory, and I got Leonard and Derek got Penny.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so so Shem is not too,
0: far off. Not too far off. I love it. That, that was a good off.
3: assessment because it did say paraphrasing. He was pretty on
0: He was fun. <laughs> and that was a while ago too. That wasn't just right now. Um Angela Angelica said that you're getting pretty into hanging out with Canadians and playing Canadian games, Lizzie. What do you think of that? Do you like Canadians?
2: I mean my dad's side of the family they came down from canada they're french canadian so i do have canadian blood i love hockey i love maple syrup i mean y'all are great people
3: what's not to love, <laughs> what's not to love? There a, you go. I mean, <laughs> we've, got, we've got hockey and maple syrup people we're done yeah
0: i actually <laughs> didn't know that i i usually know that about people when their families come down from canada because for some reason they always like to tell me that but i don't think you've ever told me that that's really cool
2: it's so several generations sure
0: Mexico. and were they from like uh like the french like uh, <laughs> quebec side cool yeah and what's your what's your dad's family's last
3: name then?
2: Uh, his family's last name is Manso.
3: Okay, cool. Neat, neat, neat. So uh, another question. We have a new question. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this one's saying, uh, what game would uh, you like to see an expansion for? And then the follow-up is, is there any chance of uh, getting a Walking Dead Something to Fear expansion in the future?
2: There is. We have been working on one. We have some ideas. I'm not going to say any more than that because I don't know how much I'm allowed to say um, Yes. game that I would like to see an expansion for mm-hmm. um, all my favorite games have expansions already <laughs> <laughs> I could see like an Architects expansion but I mean he just came out with Paladin so I mean
0: oh well like there you go Sham
2: Architects <laughs> so I mean I'm trying to think what other games It's behind me ex libris could use an expansion oh
0: okay we'll talk to adam about doing that
2: yeah maybe like a classics expansion or something
0: Ooh, that'd be kind of cool that'd be actually really cool um so what are what's up for you design wise next other than the expansion (laughs)
2: Uh, most of it is stuff that we're working on for skybound obviously that we just talked about because you know skybound right 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 non-disclosures and all i mean There's some, I was working on like a deck building game. Derek and I are working on a roll and write game.
3: Mm -hmm, I've seen
2: that one. I've been developing with Derek, I'm not designing, but I'm helping develop his Fate of the West game. So that was what propelled us into this world like four years ago. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that.
0: Just like this this expansive thing that covered a tabletop. Is it still as expansive?
2: Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to it. Um, but yeah. it started out with like a worker replacement, and then it was like dice work replacement. and so it's had a lot of work to it. And um, his co-designer Chris, he met him online through one of like the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually met him last year at Gen Con for the first time. They pitched it to a couple people. It wasn't quite where it needed to be, so um, we've been working on it a lot. Um, we were working on it. We went to the Druid City retreat in February and they did a ton of work on that. So Derek and I have been working, trying to get that honed and hopefully it's going to get released next year.
0: Very nice. Very, very cool. What's the hardest thing for you design wise? What do you think? What's one area that you think like, "Ah, I have a weakness in that area.
2: The hardest thing is honestly finding time to do like when I'm working for spotlight stuff, it's all scheduling and that kind of stuff. I can do that on my phone when I'm downstairs with baby. Mm -hmm. Um, but design is something you really need to like sit down and have complete focus and no interruptions. Mm-hmm. So the t- only time we can do that is when, you know, baby's sleeping after, you know, Derek's home and we're done with whatever live stream. We we're not working on something that we're trying to review or something. So it's mostly for me just finding the time to dedicate to it. And like, cause I, and if you're going to do it, I need to do it for like an hour or a couple hours at least. Yeah, a solid block of time. Yeah. It's not something you mm-hmm. can do 15 minutes here or 15 minutes there. So no. just finding that big chunk of time that's not dedicated to something else. So that's why right now I'm really not doing a lot of design work because it's just so busy this month, especially with Kickstarter. And Sub is, you know, he's a little needy sometimes. <laughs> How old is he now? Uh, two. He turned two in July. Wow.
0: He's getting so big.
2: So he's he going to be taller to than you and I
0: combined like... very soon. You know that, right?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> he is definitely more than half my height. <laughs> he's getting to the point where... I can't always keep up with him. Like I was trying to wipe his nose today and he was running around the couch and he like almost slapped me before I got a hold of him.
0: Well, it's hard to run with like bent over. <laughs> I know you're not bad. bending that far, but it's still hard. It's still super hard. I was just trying hard. to
2: catch him. I was just like full on sprinting around the couch.
0: After
2: <laughs> him. So that's going to be fun in a couple of years when he's much bigger than me.
3: Yeah. Maybe he'll so- listen to you by then with all of this stuff that you're balancing do you find you have to like be really scheduled on like everything you're doing because it sounds like there's so many things going on at once
2: yes my phone i like put everything in there so when we start a giveaway in the group i put it in there when it ends i put it in there because otherwise I will forget when we have an interview when i have uh, a game that we're learning it all goes in my phone so i can see it i try to like import it into, like, an online one for Derek to see, but he doesn't always check it anyway. So, I mean, I keep it up to date every, like, two weeks. Um, so, I'm pretty organized on my own, but I've definitely learned to be more organized recently because of how much I'm handling. Um, and then going through, I always, like, flag whenever I get emails, making sure that I go back and check up on them and follow through. So, it's it's been a learning process since I took over the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Sure. Thankfully, I haven't dropped anything i've been a couple minutes late to like interviews and stuff um but we haven't like missed any live streams there was the overlap of derek running it and me running it and him like still feeling like he needs to schedule stuff and then me being like but i've already scheduled something um so we that's where a lot of like the double live streams have come in as well where i'm like okay well we'll do them the next day uh, but overall i think it's been pretty smooth considering i don't really have a background in any of this well yeah, so i think this it's actually great is-
3: Yeah, I think you guys are phenomenal. You're on all the time. It's crazy. I'm like, do you sleep? But kind of connected to this as well, because I think it sounds like you've been through a lot of different things to see what works. We'd like to ask designers if there's any kind of like tools or apps or things that they found were just really good tools that they would, everyone should know about this. And do you find there's anything that you've been using that you're just kind of like, I wish designers knew this thing existed?
2: No, because like, just regular I'm
3: Google a Calendar.
2: page, <laughs> Person. So all of my stuff is torn to paper. Um. So, like with The Walking Dead, we had the comics to go to, so we didn't really need to do a ton of research like online. Um. I am toying with like a World War Two game, so I've been looking up like um a lot of Wikipedia and like that kind of stuff, trying to find more in depth articles about that. But again, I have mm. not delved as deeply into that as I was as I would like to. Um. I try to like keep a simple Derek's all like trying to make these crazy prototypes. And I'm like, you're going to change that in like two days. Let's just need paper right now and cubes. And he's like, no, I'm going to print out full art. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, he likes it. Art. He enjoys that. I yeah, remember him sending be, me like, something. Cuts it, out
2: and prints it And we play it like twice. And he's like, Oh, this isn't working. And then he like scraps all of that. And you know, we have paper to write on for the next year but he's like redoing the game completely. And I'm yeah, like, I mean,
0: Seb will have a lot of paper to color on. That's all it is. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, so, so I want to...
2: Stop coloring on my walls.
1: Right? You Tape the paper up to the walls instead
2: mm. of throwing it out. Life hack. Um, he's smarter than that. He'll rip it off.
1: Well, that at least keep him occupied for oh. a second. Give you a chance to intercept him before the pen hits the wall. Okay. Um, on the topic of pens, though... Uh, you you mentioned that you're you design with pen and paper, mm-hmm. um, and so that's really interesting I think because most of us uh, use software of various kinds, not necessarily going you know full Derek and trying to make a polished looking first prototype, but still you know we use GIMP and and Photoshop or InDesign or like other digital tools. Um, What do you find the uh, biggest challenges are with pen and paper based, uh, with taking pen and paper as your first uh, approach and primary approach to making games?
2: It's hard to make changes because once you put it down and then you're like trying to scribble off, so then you have to repeat the whole thing on another sheet. So it can be very time consuming. And I have like horrible handwriting. So, like, trying to get it to where other people would be able to read it and play it, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time to like write it out and get it all right. presentable but if it's just eric and i it's just like okay here's the next that's what that means like go for it that's
1: right it means i win and
2: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you do you find that uh that by working in pen and paper it um gives you a design advantage over the the sort of digital first approach do you I think, think there's-
2: it makes yeah. me less attached to it because that's something i struggle with is if I originally have an idea and then it doesn't work, I get very attached to it and I don't want to get rid of it. But if it's just pen and paper, it's easier to just like push it aside and be like, okay, I didn't spend that much time in it. I'm not that attached to it that I can't move on and do something else.
0: Right. So your, in, your investment is low. Yeah. It's
3: That's fair. interesting. And it's a little tear, and you're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right, yeah. There's always that. Yeah. Legacy yeah. style. <laughs>
0: So Zach Connolly is saying, I do pen and paper with post-it notes inserted in sleeves. And definitely I know Jesse and I will use uh, post-it notes to like revise. And just mm-hmm. usually Jesse's method is if it's got red pen on it, it means we just change it. So he'll write on red with red pen on it as we're playing. So lots, yes. lots of ways to do it, I think. Post-it yeah. notes are a great. Yeah. Stuff,
2: but that's something you can just like put over it and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. That works. And just cover something up so you don't have to scrap everything. I love post-it
1: notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and whiteboards that's something else Sen and I will use uh, the initial brainstorming phase of the design is usually either whiteboards or um, we have digital paper but still the idea being like you can quickly sketch a board or a card and, um, and yeah, also erase it <laughs> <I don't
2: laughs> no? know? I'm left-handed so it's uh, very difficult to something like that We've you're got
1: wiping left-handed.
0: as you're but writing like, yeah,
2: you're wiping as you're going yeah. so you have to like put in. it's very awkward to write like that yeah. When
0: I when I see you next, remind me the, of That's that little problem you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have um, special markers for that.
2: Ooh.
0: But I can't. You know what? The funny thing is, I can't find ones like this. I can't find. So I'm a teacher, so I have whiteboard markers all over the place. But I can't find big, thick ones. But I have really thin ones that Staedtler makes that are that require a lot of friction to take off. They're still dry erase, uh, but they don't rub off. Uh, when I write over, it, when I drag my hand over it, I'm not left-handed, but I'm just messy. So, is this? No, it's not like that. It, it's, I mean, it's thinner, but it's like, um, but it's specially formulated to not wipe off. Oh, okay. You have, to, you have to like rub it off. It's much, much harder to rub off. Anyways, I will get you some of those because I have a bunch. I found
2: it's amazing. Yeah. Solve a lot of my problems.
0: Yeah, maybe right. Especially yeah. if you like roll and rights. Um. So. In the in the process of design, where does broccoli come in? No, I'm just kidding, I know.
2: <laughs> yes
0: Yes to broccoli. I broccoli. the
2: game, yes, broccoli. Oh, that's right. There is a game called yeah. Broccoli. Yeah, Daniel and Derek and everyone like jumped on board and helped fund it because they liked it. They're like, this is cute, they should fund.
0: Yeah, right. Um, how does it how does it feel uh, being like a taste maker and a designer at the same time?
2: You definitely get to see so many more games this way. And so it tells you like what's been made. So, I mean, we've definitely had ideas. We're like, Oh, this is so cool. And then we find a game that fits that niche or like works better than what we had planned. So you're like, okay, I don't have to devote this time to that anymore. Cause right. obviously someone else has done it. Um, and we can also see what's popular and what's, you know, is a good direction to go to like Derek, did have an idea for like a roll and write coloring book and we were like starting to work on it. And then um, John had his signed at yep. I think, like any boards and cards and Derek's like, Oh, someone already did that. So I guess we don't need to do that.
0: Right, right, right. Sorry. I'm just writing questions up here.
3: Oh. that's okay I'm posting a whole bunch of the group chat right now <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: Jay, Jason I, is
0: I, Jason's I, calling me out for calling you a tastemaker I think he thinks I'm going to make your head explode or something
2: Derek did have a game idea for like a trader and everyone like eats a piece of candy at the beginning of the game and one of them, like, it dyes their mouth a certain color and that's how you know they're the traitor type thing. So they can't. quickly <laughs> had to tell Derek that that was not a viable option for, like, eight different reasons. It sounds cool, but it's not something you can play back to back. You know, allergies, you know, yeah. too many variables. And he's like, oh, yeah. that would be so cool. I'm like, it would.
3: But! You can just play that game at home with, like, Jolly Ranchers or something like right, right,
0: right, right.
3: <laughs> Uh, So here's a good question because we're talking about design and kind of, as you said, you have to keep changing gears so quickly. So what do you do to kind of get into the right design mindset? How do you suddenly go from, okay, I'm turning off spotlight to focus on this, or I'm turning off, you know, family stuff to focus on this? Because I think that's a big problem for a lot of people.
2: It is. Um, I like to know beforehand that it's going to like happen, like kind of schedule out. So that way, like I know to try and make sure that I have stuff done so that when I sit down I'm not worried like oh my gosh there's a sink full of dishes I need to worry about or oh we have this game that we need to work on instead so dedicating being like this tonight we're gonna do this and I can focus on that during the day and get into the right mindset so just knowing that it's coming up helps a lot and then just sitting there Derek helps me focus a lot and we can just bounce off each other and a lot of times I like to just scroll on my phone or something like something kind of like mindless activity that lets my mind wander and I'm more productive when mm-hmm. I'm not trying to focus on something like that's when mm-hmm. I get a lot more of my ideas is when I'm mindlessly doing something else and then I'm like oh this, this works perfectly
0: that's why I like washing the dishes
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, everyone wow. has their zone out
0: right
2: you do that all day
0: I, I love washing my washing dishes um Brad bachelor asks are there any games that have inspired you as a designer Lizzie He's even got his hand on his chin like he's asking you that.
2: I love Welcome to, and I love how they've been able to do all those different expansions for it. Mm-hmm. And how each one, it's still like the core game, but it just adds something. Like the winter one where you want to get the numbers in order because you get bonuses with that. Really... Speaks me because that's what I would try to do anyway, and so being able to do that <laughs> part of the game
0: it's, now, it's now I can exciting. score points for doing that.
2: I know, like it's, it's it's much more driving force. And then, um, like the Halloween one was also really cool because I always want to get the pools, but it's very, very difficult to get all the pools. I've been able it to do it. had it in a way with the the, the corner and the Ghost where if you can collect those and you can turn those in for the pools, you get the more points. So I love how they've taken the things I love about the game and added that to the expansion to mm. make it. I don't know, a little bit more depth, a little bit more challenging, just a little different. So Yeah,
0: and you can, you can put it in, take it out, <laughs> however you need it. Uh, other questions. Zach Connolly asks, uh, because you get to play so many games through Spotlight, have you found that these games have changed your development or designs?
2: Um, occasionally we'll run across like a little mechanic or something that we really like and we'll try and... Take inspiration from it. We don't want to like obviously you don't want to copy someone else's work. Mm-hmm. So we try and use the games that we play as just like a okay, what really works? What do we like and work from there? Um, I don't have any like specific examples because there's just
0: so many so many games. Right.
2: Yeah, right. But occasionally there's something that like, like oh I really like this. I'm gonna write that down and remember that for later. It sparks it's a, yeah, interest. It, it right? sparks yeah. a, an idea or maybe it's something that we can go back and be like oh we should do this. Yeah. Little tweaks.
0: <laughs> Jason Miller has another question, but this time it's a real one, Lizzie. Okay. It says, have you found that you have an idea for a game that you are in love with and then you just can't work on it because moving it from skull space to paper space makes it less good?
2: Yeah.
0: Tell us about that. That's a answer. Yes. <laughs> Tell us the story. Well,
3: there's uh, like the World War II game that I was working on. I
2: really mm-hmm. have this cool idea and it's. I want to focus on um, the women in America as the men leave and they take over. Oh, that's awesome. Like, running the town. And so Mm -hmm. it's, like, a different side of that because, you know, all the World War II are, like, warriors. So I really wanted to focus on the women on the home front and how they took over the challenges of running everything without the men. Right. Um, That would be a
0: good name for it, home front.
2: Yeah. And the the idea I had for the game, and what I was putting down on paper were very different. Like, it turned into, like, a cooperative and there was – Just a lot of stuff I didn't like. And I was like, I don't want a cooperative. I don't like. It was kind of going in um, a, what's the word, supernatural. Mm. Mm. Like, kind of like where they're, like, kind of protecting the town from, like, some outside force. And I was like, you know what? No, this isn't what I want. I want it to be, like, more historical. I want it to be them, like, the Rosie the Riveter type thing or, like, the taxi driver. I want to Mm -hmm. focus more on, like, the actual things that happened while the men were gone and what they were doing and taking over. So, like, it's trying to see it. I don't know if each person ha- should have a different job that they're trying to do or if they should all be working on like the same thing if it should take place in a factory. So that's really the game that is like this puzzle in my mind that I'm trying to figure out how to get it into a working space. Right.
0: Then, that's are you re- fun are, challenge. Are, yeah. Are you rebelling <laughs> against cooperatives though because you don't want it to seem like, you know, women cooperate all the time or?
2: No, just because I don't prefer cooperative games. So I want it to be a game that I absolutely love so and you're saying want you want it to
0: be a game that you can beat Derek at. That's what you're saying.
2: Not beat Derek. She wants to beat win. At. I just want to win. I It's less <gasps> satisfying for me in a cooperative game. Sure. I get that. I want to beat someone. That's just, and I know there's lots of people that love cooperative games and there's tons of great cooperative games out there, but it's just not my play style. And I don't want to design a game. That's, that's not my play style.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Jesse, what's on your mind, sir?
1: Um, um I think mean, there's a few things on my mind. Erica has dropped a lot of really interesting questions over here. And, um, so let's just jump onto lots of different topics and have no continuity. Um, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> you, learn, you learn a lot of games. Um, you do. Which means you have a lot of experience with good, bad, and ugly rule books. Oh,
0: awesome question. Uh,
1: what is a tip that you wish all rule book writers knew? It was like one thing that every rule book
3: could do better. Or your checklist, if you have all of them. There's there's a
2: line between being concise and being easy to understand.
3: So, just
2: because you can say it in a really small amount of words and it's really easy for you to understand, you're the person who either designed it or you're the person who has a really deep understanding of the game. So, you're like, oh, yeah, I can just condense it down to this and people will be able to understand it. And then someone who's coming in who has no experience with the game, who has no idea what the mechanics are or anything, is trying to read something. And they're like, this isn't making sense. And maybe later on as they're playing the game, they see what you mean. But being concise doesn't always get your point across. So sometimes mm. it might be better to explain things out a little better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did we, we used to have a saying about concision. What was it, Jess. He's like, was that my saying? I don't know. I thought it was. <laughs> that's I, was. I, value, I value concision a lot to the point where I think I get like what Lizzie is saying. I might cut out too many words. So it's like, mm. concision yeah. is the enemy of precision. I don't think that's what it was, but that sounds like it rhymes. I don't think that's right, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah I, no, I totally agree.
3: Audience is a big part of that too, right? It's like yeah. what type of words you're using should resonate then with that audience. And conciseness yeah. might only work with like heavy gamers that get all the shorthand of things, or
1: that or like, that have that have like the already in their mental space. That what um what I've heard some people sense. call hooks, yeah, right. You yeah. can say like put a worker in a spot, and like,
3: like
1: there's there's a whole bunch of words in there that have much bigger meanings, in, right? That yeah. you know, right. Annie.
2: We had someone mm-hmm. in this group today asking about Tableau and they're like, Is this a new thing? Have people that. been using this for years? And like they didn't quite understand what Tableau because if you're in the board game industry and you've been playing lots of games, you understand what that is. We use that in the Walking Deads of of Fear. But for other people they're like, eh, this group of cards in front of me? This is that we're <laughs> yeah.
3: talking about. We're they're like, uh, right or or you were in drama because you created tableau oh yes right mm-hmm. <laughs> or is that maybe more of a canadian thing because of the word i'm not sure but no, that I, was I the think idea
0: of I free framing a, i think it's a french thing to be honest oh, okay. uh seb says hi by the way
2: hi Sebby. hi Seb, i spent all day with you you're fine yeah
0: he's totally fine <laughs> go play um, with
3: daddy mommy's busy yeah
1: right <laughs> uh, oh
0: just as a note uh i posted up on the shop talk page if you want to go move to sunny california and live a couple hours, unfortunately, away from the Funkhousers. You, too, could be a senior game designer, game designer, or associate game designer at Renegade Games. They're hiring uh, in-house design. And um, I told Scott that while I liked uh, San Diego, um, my eldest son does not like tacos. So there's no way we can move to that San is, Diego.
1: That is literally the only thing I already miss. <laughs> the tacos. About <laughs> so living weird. in California is yes. the tacos. Except
2: for uh, asks for tacos at least once a day. He'll ask for tacos for breakfast.
0: So. I would ask for tacos for breakfast yeah. if my tacos were like that. He gets it. But yeah, if you're out if you're out if you're looking for a job in design land, and you know how hard it is to get those full-time jobs, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Gata and Co. are looking for three positions: senior, associate, and game wow. designer. I don't know what each of those entails, but Go to the web page and look it up, okay? And it's right there for you. Uh, Eric has a bunch of, wow, you wrote a ton of questions. I just noticed. Uh, let's I see. More. Wait, what's the <laughs> next one? What are we going to say next?
1: Have you ever received design advice that you wished you didn't follow?
0: Oh.
2: Don't. No. I'm going to say like, no because I can't think of anything, and I'll probably think of something later tonight that I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I'm sad that we switched the IP for Walking Dead. That wasn't our choice, but I got very attached to the original one. So that oh. I was like, nice. I kept telling Dirt, and he's like, yes. Can you let us know what you know, the
0: original there. one was?
2: I, uh, it was Manifest Destiny.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Oh, interesting. Was, like,
2: one of their, so it's like if Lewis and Clark went west. Yeah, yeah. Encountered a bunch of like supernatural things instead of, <laughs> you know, just trying to find water. Or water right. the um, so I really liked what we had done with that and the the art. I mean, we had just pulled from the comics, but we I really liked that.
0: Is is there the the cho- the chance of that coming out uh, as a game for you guys to do something with that? That's not the same game, but
2: I mean, it's Skybound's IP, so I could definitely go back and try and design something for it and offer it up to them. So, I mean, maybe in the future we'll have something for that IP, but...
0: Like a sacrifice. Offer it up as a sacrifice.
2: Please. please. I like this (laughs) book. I want something from
3: it. (laughs) It's funny. So, from from Skybound, does that kind of mean, like, their catalog is somewhat open to you? That you could actually say, I like that. Could I pitch you a game based on that? Is that kind of what they're open to?
2: I mean, yeah. Like, if I want to do anything with their anything from ip from their ips but they also get approached a lot by other people mm. that are like hey, don't you make a game for this so that's a lot of why i can't talk about things because it's not always skybound stuff that we're working on for sure like other projects as well that we're bringing mm-hmm. in so i think there'll be a lot of really cool announcements not just from me and eric but like the whole skybound team as a whole they're working on a lot of really cool ideas from nice. other people nice. and skybound so yeah
0: Cool. Erica, ask some questions that you posted in the other chat line.
3: Uh, Okay. So here's a fun one because the roller coaster of getting into publishing a game is always a fun one that has lots of hindsight. (laughs) So I will say, what do you wish someone had told you before you kind of jumped into designing games?
2: How much time and effort you're going to devote to it before you see anything? Because I mean, we designed the Walking Dead game in like, we had a pretty solid prototype in a month that we were ready. And then, I mean, taking art took a long time and then waiting till it got out. I mean, it's a grind. It's not something that's gonna happen quickly. So if you're, mm-hmm. you want short-term satisfaction of like having it quick turnaround, it's definitely not. It's gonna take ages longer than you ever assumed it would take. Really. And I mean, seriously, the fate of the West, Derek started working on that like four years ago. I remember like the night he came home and was like, I'm going to design a board game. And he got out his Catan pieces and was like doing all this stuff. And we started playing that. and We played it a ton when we were at Port Irwin. And then, I mean, we're still working on it the whole time, but it's been four years of the same game. I would also say, don't get sick. You, you have to be able to n- not get sick of playing your same game over and that's over That's a
3: really good one. Is, don't get sick of your own game. Yeah. That
1: is if one you're that's you're totally
0: applicable excited. to Erica
1: right now. too. Or don't design games so you'll get
3: sick of. Yeah. No, well, the hard part is depending on how involved you are. But yes, you must yeah, love no. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah.
2: If you're like, after a second, like playing and be like, oh man, I want to do something else, like, probably not for you. Yeah. <laughs> Playing it over, I can't tell you how many times I've played Walking Dead, probably like 150 at least, honestly. Mm-hmm. At PAX South, this, like in January, that's mm-hmm. literally what I did for three days was play the Walking Dead.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, where do your design ideas tend to come from? I mean, we often talk about the, or sorry, not we designers tend to talk about this in terms of mechanics or theme first. We also talk about experience first, but where for you, whether using those categories or somewhere else, do you typically find that sort of first spark that gets you started down the road?
2: Um, Well, it depends. Like with the walking dead, they came to us and were like, Hey, you want to try and make a game for this IP? And so we are working backwards from, we have this theme. How can we compute that into a game? Um, But obviously my, Hopeful one day World War Two game. I have this idea and I'm trying to get on paper. So it just depends on which strikes first. Because sometimes we'll think of a really cool mechanic and we'll be like working on it and then be like, okay, how do we want to theme this? What do we want to work on it with? Um, and I think I tend to come a lot more from the I have this theme idea. Like uh, when Derek was talking about like all the Mars games and I was like, let's just blow up Mars. And that was like a funny like, oh, that's a fun idea. And so I actually built out this little game about trying to get To like the center of Mars and blow it up, and you're like drilling in. And... Yeah, but There's why terraform
0: like... it when you can blow it up, right?
2: <laughs> well, I, I imagined it blow like it up. All the terraforming is over, and it's like a <sighs> desolate wasteland, and it's like this useless orb out in space. So, we're gonna make room for something else. <laughs> <We're gonna> go <laughs>
0: so, to Death so Star basically, you're, you're talking about being <laughs> you're like, let's be Vogons. That's what you're saying. That's exactly what I was
1: I thinking. You got let's an interstellar vogons. highway, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> It's awesome. Seconds too late. Yeah. What other questions do you have, there, Erica? I I don't
3: know which ones. Oh, there—they've got matched together.
0: Okay. Cool. Sorry about that. Uh,
3: Okay. Let's see what the next. Okay, so here's a good one because, as you said, you have to play your game like 150 times. Let's talk a little bit about playtesting because we Mm -hmm. haven't really gotten there. And so, you're—I both like to hear kind of some of your advice that you give, or some of the things that you you happen to like to do personally during playtesting, but also kind of how does playtesting work for you because obviously a lot of things are NDAs and then how do you kind of arrange playtesting around that
2: uh when we were doing The Walking Dead um well we did have the other version that we could bring out we played it a lot the two of us Derek, took it to a game store that we played and I think we just had like more blank type cards which is like the ability is not so much the characters and then we had people that we knew and we trusted that we would invite to our house and they would play it with us um so we just kept the number of people that knew what it was to a minimum um so and when you get to other things like mostly it's we start out with our friends it's not until we have a pretty solid working game that we're going to take it to like the proto spiel type stuff uh we did that when we were in chicago because I'm from Chicago originally, so we were living in Illinois, it was easy for us to go up there for that kind of stuff and take the games there.
3: But... So that is that what you tend to do? Most of your playtesting <laughs> ends up being more like prototyping mm-hmm. kind of events? Or do you find you have to arrange a lot more of your own now? Or do you kind of just use the people that you have to play games with?
2: Uh, mostly it's people we play games with and we go back and forth when we we're in Illinois, um, Elf Creek Games was there and we would kind of swap back and forth. They'd bring us their stuff and we'd bring us, bring them theirs, you know? Um, so we do that. And now that Derek was at Skybound, they're building like a play tester network.
0: Yes. I've noticed we that.
2: Utilize. So we'll be able to like send them the game and the rule books and be like, here, give us feedback. And so it'll be a lot easier to get those blind playtests in because that was something we struggled with, was trying to find people to play blind, because if, you know, we've been developing it and they've been helping us along the way, you know, it's kind of hard to be like, here, forget everything you knew about this game and give me some feedback you haven't done before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and is Derek responsible for that? The, like, um...
2: The playtest The play test group. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in charge of that at Skybound, so he's been setting that up and getting people signed up and working through what they're going to
0: send out and when so excellent 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 so um at the end of the show we're going to ask you a question and you probably know what it is because you've seen the show before but it's going to be about you know your advice to other people so before you get there though i just did want to show this on screen let me just see if i can pull this up and see what happens come on why is my staging not moving over there it is i'm gonna see if i can because doesn't
3: up. like you anymore. I guess
0: not. But um, I'm going to drop myself out of the picture here.
3: And another picture will appear at his place. <laughs> what does that say? Careers? Just... Is, yeah. that the... Is that hey, job posting?
2: Yes. Renegade Game
3: Renegade Studios. Game Studios. <laughs> All right. So plug for a job, guys. You can go work at Renegade Game Studios as a senior game designer. Any anymore. Oh. Uh-oh. That pushes Lizzie out. It pushed everybody out. Oh, okay. We're just voices now?
1: We're just voices
3: now. Sad, make it go away. (laughs) Sad. How does he make it go away? I do
0: this. Okay. I did Did that. Did you lose Lizzie? No, we didn't lose Lizzie. She's still here. Okay. But let me just see. I got to get rid of this. And now we all go back to this arrangement. Very weird. (laughs)
3: <laughs> we inversed
0: yeah we, we reversed all positions now we, we played a little bit of uh musical chairs but i just kind of wanted to talk about that thing but i guess i can't show it and talk at the same time i'll have to figure that it's one like out there's a way there is a way i, re- I, just, I read it
3: <laughs> i read it out loud at least partly right. oh oh no oh lizzie fell ah. i think you might have broke her sound again
0: <laughs> oh maybe i don't know maybe i did sorry right, lizzie but let's see. Okay, so commensurate job title, commensurate with experience. So I think they're looking for one of one of these roles, a senior or a game designer or associate. And so you get one of those roles. Um, in creative development in San Diego. And here's Lizzie coming back. Okay, let's see. Sorry,
3: no, nope, here we go. Yay! Liz are okay. back.
0: Now we're back. Okay. No, we're, and
3: she's got voice, we're and we've reorganized again. <laughs>
0: uh, we're we're in different positions again. Anyways, it's a full time job position at Renegade Game Studios in San Diego. But what I wanted to get at was the uh, all this the summary of the the game positions, essential duties and responsibilities. Uh, so the summary is that the game designer will create compelling gameplay that is true. That is a true representation of the ip they are expected to push the envelope of creativity and deliver an experience that is appropriate for the intended audience huh that's that's a neat way of describing the job position right uh essential duties and responsibilities designs and develops game play for renegade products responsible for ensuring that all products are an accurate extension of the ip and that they provide the customer with a unique and entertaining experience Works with producer uh, like Dan Bojanski, uh to, pro- to create the high quality highest quality game experience possible. Uh, and Erica, you've worked with Dan a lot, have you? Yep. Yes. yes yeah. Over the last... <laughs> a uh, lot in the last yeah. like
3: year and a half. Yeah.
0: For Scott Pilgrim, which is on Kickstarter right now. Yeah.
3: Scott Pilgrim is yeah. on Kickstarter.
0: Uh, may work with internal and external designers and developers. May work with outside designers to develop their original designs. May travel to major events as promotional staff from time to time um and then uh supervisory responsibilities game designers will have the opportunity to lead both long and short-term teams education and experience uh three plus years of experience with intellectual property development and game design so there's a lot of stuff on here like there's more knowledge and skills here that we won't go through but it's just interesting like i've never ever seen a game design job application uh, or list of skills so it's just neat to see it up there
3: i think different... we're gonna see more of that and we're like i mean i like slowly... so. i i think we're gonna start seeing more and more <laughs> versions of let's say a design studio that start to pop up in different ways
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh tim's here tim divine uh Hi. no you didn't kick the gas you that was me making that it was ted's
3: fault <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, it happens. Cool. So, Lizzie, I hope you've had some time to think about the piece of advice that you'd want to give to designers out there uh who are, you know, hoping to crack into the business or who are just like maybe hitting a design block or something. What is it that you would like them to know?
2: Um, well, first of all, just keep trying. There's so many robots that you're gonna hit that the first one may seem insurmountable, but trust me, there's more. So don't get discouraged <laughs> too easily. Wait a
3: minute. But. It gets harder? Just keep it, going because you're going to keep knocking not down. It gets harder,
2: but <laughs> you're going to run into multiple things. It's never just one problem that's going to come up.
0: I get it. I get it. I don't
2: mean to be discouraging, but a lot of people might have an idea of, oh, I have this really cool idea. I'm going to play it five times with some family and friends and then take it to Kickstarter. And it, it does take a lot more time. It takes a lot more effort than a lot of people assume. Um, so I think just being mentally prepared for a marathon, not a sprint.
3: That's that's fair. It, yeah, is, it is a lot advice. more time than you often think it's going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, depending on how deeply involved you are. So I think currently at least three of four of us I know are like, deep, deep, deep in into I guess Erica, you're sort of you sort of sort of got out of it. Are you still deep in Scott Pilgrim?
3: Oh I'm deep in the Steven Universe right now.
0: Oh okay so you're deep in something. And Lizzie, are you deep in anything right now? Like development wise or content wise?
2: Um I mean Fate of the West is probably the deepest I'm in right now. most of that stuff is early works right now. Yeah.
0: But it's true that, you know, the, the, the more games you have and the more you're working on development and design, the more there's going to be, um, you know, hiccups. hiccups and these long <laughs> roads to travel that it's not as easy as it seems. Like a lot of times when people see Kickstarters, it looks easy, but the amount of work that goes into a, an actual really successful one is mm-hmm. ridiculous, right? And then... There are some that just kind of happen to do okay or well with very little, but those are like a rarity nowadays. <laughs> it's it's like that you know certain companies have sort of upped the game in, in terms of the format. So it's really and quite interesting.
2: Just so much more competition that people expect a really polished game off the bat. They're not gonna back a game that's only half baked anymore because they right. just have too many other options.
0: Yeah. Like, why am I going to spend 50 bucks on, or 49? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or 40, 39. Why am I going to spend 39 on game 39. A or 70. spend on game some... B? Yeah. That yeah. is that is much more developed, or they're, they're showing me much more upfront, right? So a lot yeah. of it is definitely perception. Uh, and I think there's a big change over the last, you know, whatever, eight, nine years of Kickstartering that um, the perception has changed from. Rough and raw to polished and sellable, uh, so whether or not Kickstarter believes
3: it's a store or not,
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the public thinks a little bit differently He's about the store yeah, yeah mm-hmm. well, and
3: as starter. we said, like looping back to our earlier conversation of there's yeah. new people in the market, right? Think of how many more voices there are now saying, "I want this, I want this," and I mean, you know you kind of who are you supposed to cater to? There's so Your much audience. divide now. You know, but that's the interesting thing is is the audience. I think audiences have started to shift as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and and we see that it's it's almost cyclical, right? That the um and Lizzie, you obviously see this on Board Game Spotlight, that you'll see these cycles of shelfies where it's all the same games. <clears throat> and anybody who started in the same year has all the same games, as well as all the classics, right? It's pandemic Ticket to, to ride, and then whatever's hot that year. And then years later those people are selling off a whole bunch of their games to make room in their shelf for the new hotness and and it's just interesting kind of cycle of buying that we see and now kickstarter has just kind of changed all that in some ways i don't know if it's for the better to be honest i'm not not really sure what are your thoughts on kickstarter lizzie
2: it's completely unpredictable like we've been dealing with it for so long and you finally think you it figured out and then it throws you some kind of crazy curveball and you're like oh okay this is new because it used to be minis if your game had minis it was fine and then it was you know there was that issue with colossal and multiple games on the same time and then it's like okay well is this like a firm thing now that they're going to be doing and then now with the whole strike i mean I feel like every time you're like, okay, everything's smooth sailing, and we've kind of gotten Kickstarter figured like, out. Nope. They just throw us another football, and there's there's no way to predict anything anymore. Right. I mean, this month has been very crazy, and we've had a lot of games not fund in the first like twenty four forty eight hours. That did squeak out and like ended up funding in like the last week. And I think that's really uncommon because it used to be if you didn't fund right away, they would like scrap it and come back or they just were like, oh, OK, this isn't the game for now. But there's been a lot more funding throughout the campaign that we've been seeing.
0: I wonder if that's a, a better thing anyway, because mm-hmm. the whole like about maybe funding immediately a, a year to six months ago, like in that time period, it was that exactly what you're saying, where it's like start it, doesn't fund, scrap it, start again. And I don't know if that's a great mentality to have. That seems very weird to me, but people seem to be okay with it.
2: Seb came home. He's going to bed. Oh, good
0: night, Seb. Night.
2: Night.
0: Night. (laughs) He's so awesome. Cool. Well, how about we let you go? Say good. Oh, we We can all say good night. Good night, Seb. good night all together. Good night.
2: Good night. Night, night. Die. Yeah,
0: that kid's gonna like grow up on on Facebook, really.
2: He <laughs> he's got his own audience.
0: Kind of does. He's his he's his own little.
1: You
0: did, yep. you did have requests
1: for Sab when we announced you, so.
3: See, now we've fulfilled that. <laughs> just... Yeah, there
0: we go. Also, yeah, one second. We've we need to change the text on the screen then. and Seb
3: <laughs> because I said bye bye. Because <laughs> we can let her go. Yeah. So we can go and to bed. Well, well, well.
2: There
0: we go. All right. All right, cool. So, Lizzie, where will we see you next?
2: I will be at PAX Unplugged next.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And
2: i will be a BGG, but I'm not
0: going to that one. Okay. And where can people find you online on a regular basis as if I need to ask?
2: Yeah. I am all over Facebook, so Board Game Spotlight. You can always find me there. We do have a business page if you want to message me. Um, and then we have the Board Game Spotlight Instagram, BG Spotlight. And then um, my, my email is lizzie at the Board Cool. And you can at- find it on any of my sites.
0: When, when you get a chance, Jesse, you should talk to Lizzie about Instagram because Jesse wants to start up mm-hmm. Meeple Syrup, Instagram, and Erica and I are like, we know nothing about Instagram. Erica I was surprised out I had one, out. one in June. Exactly, that she had an Instagram account. Now one I have, don't like, know. She started I know. it up
3: years ago, probably. I have 250 people now. Look at me go. You <laughs> go, girl. Yeah,
2: well, That's awesome. told me today that TikTok is where, it at, where it's at and I need to get a TikTok, and I'm like, ASEANAS, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, Is that like it's the like new the, platform? It's like the new Snapchat apparently or the new Inst- I don't know. Someone I think it's a like new the new Snap, Or like, oh, it
0: might be the new Vine actually.
2: Because yeah. I like, always see
0: little videos, like little loop videos from there.
2: It's, it's a bunch of stuff so I might have to make one eventually. I don't know. I'm not prepared <laughs> to do that yet. Instagram is going really well and I finally have it kind of like where I want it so I don't think I want to start another thing. But yeah. I've got to keep up.
0: Got to keep up. Cool. Uh, Jesse, where can we find you, sir?
1: You can find me at Maple Syrup Shop Talk um, and on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter at TT Void.
3: And how about you, Erica? Uh, usually Game Stuff for me is on Twitter. It's Frenemy Games, Frenemy with an I for the friend part. Uh, but I'm usually on Facebook as well and apparently also on Instagram. <laughs> And you can find me at Senfung Lim on
0: Twitter, Maple Syrup Shop Talk on Facebook. Um, And with that, I would just like to say thank you once again to Role to Play Network, our podcast host, and the network we're proud to be a part of. If you have any, you know, love for us at all, you know, check out our Patreon page. Jesse just asked a question for our Patreon supporters about what he's going to do for part of his little part of the whole thing. Uh, he wants to know: should he do a book club? Should he do like little 10-minute uh, solo segments, um, that kind of stuff, uh, workshopping things? So, Jesse wants to know. So, if you're part of the Patreon, you can go there. So, www.patreon.com/slash meeple syrup. And our supporters will also this month help Jesse buy a new microphone. So, Ooh, that's where the funding yay. is going for this month. Because topic. if you've ever heard wild typing, it's always like Jesse. This. Always Jesse.
3: We're working on it, guys. So we're working How on great that. Yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> so thank you very much. And we'll be back next week. And what's happening next week?
1: Uh next week we have Joyce Lynn, I think.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And we're going yeah. to take um, a look at their game.
1: Yeah, uh Queering Space Time.
0: It's nice. uh, yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. So until then, we'll see you later. Uh check us out on the Meeple Syrup shot Talk. And you wanna chat and also board game spotlight to see uh, what Lizzie's up to and see her beat Derek umpteen times.
2: We'll be on in like twenty minutes. So. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right, so
0: we'll see you all later.
2: Good night. See you all later. Thanks for having me. Thank Bye. You for Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Meeple Serum Show. If you'd like to support us on all of our projects, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash Meeple Syrup. Hope to see you next week.